Welcome to the Snowstorm. I'm Nicholas Snow, and we're going to be uh, offering an update on the recent court proceedings in the trial against alleged serial rapist Hakan Isik. You may have heard about this case. This might be the first time you're hearing about it. Uh, but my guest coming up in just a few minutes, Raymond Lafleur, has gone to two of the recent court proceedings. This is the snowstorm. So, uh, before I get into the updates about uh, this very important and hot topic, I just wanted to let all of you know who've been tuning in every single night since January 1st. Uh, that means that this is my 38th night in a row of doing a show. Um, I'm going to pull back on the nightly broadcast. I'm going to be broadcasting less frequently because uh, I need to spend more time booking the sort of guest I want to be on the show. So I have too many shows and not enough guests. I have the capability of getting all the sorts of guests that I want on my show that I want to focus on saving democracy uh, leading uh, into the November presidential election. So I'm going to be reaching out to all the patrons of my show to find out what I do that they value the most, but I'm also going to be reaching out to the high-powered guests that I know that I can get to come here and, and, and speak with you. Um, so uh, in the wings, as I mentioned, I have Raymond LaFleur, who's going to be returning to the show in just a minute, and we're going to be updating you on this horrific circumstance in which uh, gay men were targeted on dating apps here in the Greater Palm Springs area. Promo Homo TV is all about empowering you, our communities, and our world. Shouting out to my media partners, Pink Media, amplifying Promo Homo TV across the Twitterverse with their hashtag I Love Gay campaign. GayDesertGuide.LGBT and KGay1065 Palm Springs, available worldwide. Ask your smart speaker to play KGAY. It's as simple as this. We will save our democracy in 2024, or we will watch the United States implode. I'm Nicholas Snow, and this crisis we face is why I have launched The Snowstorm, a nightly Hot Topics panel discussion show in which I will curate your social media comments into the show, and we will connect the conversation to action we can take to save America. Watch The Snowstorm nightly at 6 p.m. Pacific at promohomo.tv. If you're watching live, just a reminder, if you comment in social media, I can curate your comments into the show, unless you're watching on Instagram live, and then I can read your comments. Um, and over on my Instagram page, I see that my friend Angela has tuned in, and Ray in, uh, uh, Ray has tuned in. Ray, R-A-Y-N-A-L-I-V, great on Instagram. I love watching his feed really important stuff. Um, I also uh, want you to know that you can support this show for as little as $3 a month. I'm going to leave that information up while I uh, update you on the focus of tonight's episode. So 
The court proceedings against accused serial rapist Hakan Isik are advancing, and Raymond Lafleur, moderator of the Gay Men of Palm Springs, California Facebook group that was instrumental in connecting the dots of the case, is returning to the snowstorm tonight to update us on two of the legal proceedings that he attended. Plus, he and I are going to discuss some cryptic emails that were sent to me and others um, in a seeming attempt to create an alternative narrative to the facts of this case. Now, for those of you who are unaware of the facts of this case, on June 15th, 2023, Jake Ingracia, actually June 2nd, 2023, for KESQ, Jake Ingracia reported, quote, Hakan Isik of Desert Hot Springs was charged with violently attacking five individuals over the past year, and additional victims have now come forward to share their harrowing experiences. And a couple weeks later, June 15th, Ingracia's reporting continued on KESQ, quote, Isik is accused of being a serial rapist involved in multiple violent and sexual assaults. He faces nine felony and misdemeanor charges spanning five victims, including the sexual assault of a Palm Springs man who said he met Isik on a dating app. If convicted, Isik faces life in prison. And uh, on that date, the alleged rapist was held on $1 million bail. So uh, with that uh, uh, background information, I'm going to uh, welcome back to the show, Raymond LaFleur. Hi, Raymond. Hey, Nicholas. Nice to be with you again. Nice to have you here. I, I wish it was under different circumstances. Um, so for people that do not know, describe why the Gay Men of Palm Springs, California Facebook page helped connect the dots in this case. Sure. Um I think last year ago, January, uh, end of January, early February, uh, Rand Snell shared his uh, story um, on his own Facebook page. And then one of my group members um, shared his story into the group. Um, it got a lot of attention, a lot of comments, and a lot of feedback. Um, privately to both Rand and myself uh, from people who share also shared uh, the same type of horrific experience. Um, so from my perspective, I think, you know, my role was to connect these people with law enforcement authorities and try to encourage them uh, to go in and tell their stories as difficult as that can be given the circumstances around that and you know the guilt and shame and everything else that goes along with uh, these these kind of assaults so uh, ultimately the police got more information they were able to make a, an arrest uh, the alleged rapist has been in jail ever since on a one million dollar bail since about mid-May, uh, correct. Since about mid-May of 2023. Three. All right. Uh, so about nine months. Right. Um, if my math is correct. So how many of the court proceedings have you been to? Um, I've been to, I want to say two. It might have been three, but two. 
It's the most recent ones. Um, as this thing was languishing and they were going through continuances and and delays and whatnot, um, I wasn't I wasn't there. I started going week before last, I would say, uh, as there's been a flurry of hearings and it seemed like a, a, an actual preliminary hearing was pending. So I started attending. Okay, so uh, I'm aware of three uh, three court instances that you attended, the two most recent, and then you had attended at least one the last time you were on my show talking about this. Right. Uh, I, I was at the preliminary hearing on Friday, did not go to the bail hearing today. Okay, that's, oh, okay, thank you for that clarification. Sure. So, so tell me... Um, what happened at, uh, and our viewers, what happened at the preliminary hearing? Sure. Um, so for viewers who, who don't really, I think a lot of people understand, but many don't, what a preliminary hearing really is all about. The main purpose is to lay out all the evidence um, and a judge determines whether or not the evidence is strong enough to proceed to trial and be held to account and proceed to trial. Uh, so that hearing was held Friday, uh, started late morning, and it lasted quite a while. It lasted till around 5 p.m. So there that was would a, have been February 2nd. Correct. There was a lot of material to go through. I believe there was one principal witness, and that was the detective from the Palm Springs Police Department who took most of these statements, victim statements, and reports. And he presented all those and went through them very methodically. Um, and that consumed almost the entire hearing. And it must have been horrifying to listen to. I'm sure it was. Um, it was a closed hearing, so witnesses and potential witnesses weren't allowed to be there. Um, the district attorney last week identified me as a potential witness. So he suggested that I be excused. Um, he informed, I think, the defense attorney that I was uh, identified as a potential witness and the defense attorney asked that I be excused and I was. From the room? Correct. Oh, so you were ejected, which is... It's, it's, <laughs> I was I mean, 86. Um, wow, I was unaware of that. So... Yeah. Um, since you are a potential witness then, are the people then inside the room prohibited from telling you what happened next? I don't think so. Um, you know, there, there are other people, victims, advocates involved, and of course, attorneys and whatnot. Uh, there's more than one attorney. Some, one or two of the victims have their own attorney. Um, so no, I think we're just excused from that hearing. Another person was excused, uh, was at the bail hearing today, and there was, there was no problem. Okay. Um, so uh, you weren't at the bail hearing today. Do you have any reports uh, secondhand of what occurred there today? Sure. At the preliminary hearing, uh, to wrap that up, um, oftentimes, you know, charges can be sometimes added. Sometimes the judge doesn't believe there's enough evidence to support specific charges. But in this case, um, all the charges went forward. Um, the judge ruling that there was enough evidence um, to support all of them. And in addition, four more charges were added. Relating Involving additional people? 
relating to two additional victims. So the victims involved in the case has gone from five to seven. Um, don't know, know it. that well, that's what they said in, in court. So it's not, I don't think that that's, uh, that that's at issue. Um, and then the remarkable thing is out of that long laundry list of charges uh, across all seven individuals, not a single one of them were dismissed. So it went forward, the judge approved it uh, to go forward to trial. And today was a bail hearing? Today, um, after a preliminary hearing, the defendant's entitled to a bail hearing that kind of revisits the original bail. His original bail had been set at $1 million, um, which is extraordinary. And um, so there was a lot of concern, I think, that that would be revised downward, perhaps. Uh, but in the end, it was not. It was held at $1 million. I think the defense uh, made a fairly commendable um, case to support a much lower bail. I understand that he asked for $50,000 bail um, with many, many conditions. Um, for example, no cell phone, no access to social media, uh, no contact with victims or witnesses, um, drug treatment, I'm sorry, drug testing once a week, uh, several of those kinds of things. He laid out a plan for accommodation, housing, um, his passport, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but all things considered, I, I think the judge might have made a comment that uh, who is going to manage this, all of these things, believing that it's not realistic or plausible and um given the number of victims involved he decided that there was no reason to change the bail amount so the bail stands uh so both the preliminary hearing and and the bail hearing today uh, i would consider from my own point of view a big success a big relief to all the victims involved and in and for the community in general you know, I think through all of this, you know, our focus has been on justice for the victims and justice for the community. We all, you know, the gay community, we want to believe we, we, many of us moved here from other parts of the country, believing it's a safe place to live. And we want to make sure it stays that way, that it's a safe place to live. Um, a compassionate community that wants justice uh, for the victims. Um, and at the same time, understanding that this defendant's entitled to, you know, his own defense and um, and a right of an attorney and making his case in court and ultimately having a jury decide one way or the other what the result should be. I, um, I'm listening to you, but I also wanted to uh, find the uh, information about the uh, event that's coming up in Palm Springs about uh, safety, safety when it comes to hooking up on, on apps. Uh, so I'm gonna look for that in the break because I wanna be able to tell people yeah, about it's, it. It's the DAP Raw Talk. Um, yeah, it's their, their Raw Talk. I wanna- 111 bar on the 20, 
22nd, I believe. February 22nd. And was it at 5 p.m.? Uh, uh, I don't remember well, the specific well, time. So I'll, look about... for that on the, I'll look for that on the break. But the reason sure. I wanted to ask, I know that in the news they've been reporting dating apps, but has it come out in court? Like, was it specifically Grinder? Was it Scruff? Was it both? Do we know, uh, was there a primary dating app that was used? Um, I don't think that, well, it might have come out in, um, in the investigator's testimony. But my recollection in talking to several of the victims at the onset, it was across several apps. There, there wasn't one in particular that comes to mind. Okay. Several of um, them were mentioned. So I want to take a break, but before I take the break, I want to just remind my viewers that the primary election in California is coming up on Tuesday, March 5th, 2024. I got my ballot today and I voted today and wow. I dropped off my ballot at the uh, Palm Springs City Hall, which is one of the official uh, drop-off locations. So uh, I told you that to show you this. particular shirt is the crux of the hopeful sexual campaign and it is designed to inspire authentic human connection while simultaneously combating sexual sexuality based shame and stigma and the really cool thing is if you go to hopefulsexual.com it takes you to an amazon store where this shirt is available in all sorts of styles sizes and colors and i use the revenue to fund promohomo.tv so check it out i think everyone almost everyone is a hopeful sexual don't you So I made use of my break and I found this for you. That's uh, it. DAP Health presents Raw Talk, Boundaries and Bliss, How to Safely Navigate Online Hookups, featuring Brody Kamen with special guest commander Rick Sanchez from the Cathedral City Police Department. It is at the 111 Bar in Cathedral City, Thursday, February 22nd from 7 to 9 p.m., and uh, uh, so that one of the things they're talking about is how to safely navigate online hookups. And we Very have our important. audience 
to know I about plan, that. I plan on promoting it strongly within my group because I think it's that important that people attend and listen, even if they think they already know how to how to handle themselves on the apps. So is there anything else that you want to say about what you've observed factually before we get into the next thing I want to talk about, which are this these cryptic emails that many of us in the media yep. received? Is no, there I think anything that, was else you... that was pretty much a summary of the events of the last two two hearings. Do you happen to know what happens next in the court proceedings? Um, there's a formal hearing, I think, sometime next week. Um, it's an arraignment, uh, where he has an opportunity to plead once again on each and every charge. Um, he has the opportunity to ask and, and make his case that certain charges should be dismissed. And I think that that's the last major event before, uh, trial scheduled. Okay. Well then I, I want to move into this, uh, a series of cryptic emails I received and this person, you know, used the word confidential in the subject line. I haven't said his name on my show, uh, but he had some criticisms of you and uh, the, uh, I just want my audience to know that uh, I am not the recipient. I'm, I, as a, someone in the media who doesn't even cover hard news generally, I'm not the appropriate recipient of information that be, that could be key to this or any case. The police are the appropriate recipients of that information. And especially if someone is going to be anonymous and want me to communicate things on my show that I have no way of personally vetting, I'm, I'm not going to do that either. So there were so many different things about uh, the way that this information came to me that made me skeptical. And the person wouldn't take no for an answer. And ultimately, I had to tell him that I didn't appreciate his approach and that I was blocking his email. And before I had a chance to actually block the two different emails he started to use, he told me I sounded like a mega reporter, a mega, a mega supporter, a mega supporter. So that was my experience of that. And I forwarded all of those to you. But I guess you've discovered more about this particular individual and what they were doing. Yeah, I'm, gl I'm glad you chose to share that because I think there's a larger uh, context involved in what, what happens with you. Um. First, I think what you said is correct. The way I interpreted that email, as well as emails received by other media folk, you weren't the only one to receive this kind of contact or, or have this kind of exchange. Um, I saw it as an, as an opportunity to spin an alternative narrative to the media, uh, given the history of the media stories um, that we've seen, they felt like they needed to counteract that, whoever this person is. Pretty confident that the email address is an alias and the person named isn't a real name. Um, that's probably well, fair. Well, there were two different email addresses that were used in the conversation with me because I blocked right. one of them and then that showed right. up from another one. And 
Um, um, the uh, But the more disturbing thing was the content, without getting into the detail of the content, as you just kind of alluded to, um, was very sensitive discovery information. Some of it was. Uh, some of it was being intermixed with his own assumptions and um, to support whatever story he was trying to tell. But it was obvious, given the things that he said in that email, he had access or or knowledge of this very sensitive discovery information. And discovery information is, you know, evidence the police have collected, um, reports filed by victims with the police and in their interviews. Nobody has access to that. I don't. I've not seen any of it. So um, your theory is that this was uh, a covert operation by the defense? I wouldn't go that far. I can't support that. I can say that um, it was a covert operation by some. Well, we know it was covert by the way that it was handled. But what, where we what, are in, in this in this in in the course of this trial is, um, you know, the, the people that have access to the information are basically the defense attorney, uh, the investigators involved, and um, the defense. Uh, so people can come to their own conclusions as to where this information was coming from and how it was being used. Uh, but in any event, um, one of the attorneys involved for with one of the victims um, pretty much picked it up and ran with it. He was pretty upset and angry. Uh, I guess this crosses some significant red lines. And um, the D... Ethic, ethical turned, lines. Yeah, well, ethical and legal lines because all right. So, so in other words, you you don't you can't say you can't say the who behind it, but based upon what you have seen objectively in your communication with this uh, attorney, uh, you feel like strongly that there was a leak from within the uh, within the court proceeding in some way, shape, or form. Um. It had to be one of those three sources that I, I named off, the law enforcement investigators, the district attorney, or the defense. Um, okay, it's getting hot up in here. That's the only but, source for that kind of information at this point in time. Right. So a point that I want to make is when this person first contacted me, it was a very simple request to have a sensitive information, a sensitive conversation with me. And I responded and said, I'm not the person to receive that information. It should go to the police. If uh, you know of a victim of, of uh, the, uh, uh, this alleged rapist, then those victims' identities can be kept private as is their right, because that's the way the law is structured. So I basically responded, indicating the reasons why I was not the appropriate person right. to reach out to. And then, you know, these volume, voluminous emails came in. And it was like, no, not not doing yeah. this. It must have been kind of stunning. Um, yeah, it was a bit bizarre. Is there anything else, Raymond, that you would like to say uh, about anything? No, I think, you know, hand in hand with the emails, um, you know, one of the victims has received up to 20 
email and voicemail threats through anonymous email addresses, anonymous phone numbers. And I think all of that is all uh, one thing. Those emails, the emails you got, uh, somebody has been very aggressive at trying to intimidate witnesses, trying to spin a different narrative, um, point the finger at perhaps others who could be blamed. Um, it, it was pretty clear. Um, my friend and supporter Rock May has been watching. I want to acknowledge him. Uh, Larry First uh, has a question. Could this information, he says, could this be used in a mistrial? This sort of information, could it result in a mistrial? The fact that this uh, information has been uh, shared in a way that it shouldn't have, is that is the proceeding itself in jeopardy that you know of? Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a legal expert, so I really don't know, but why, I, I, maybe I don't understand the question. Um, what um, is referring to the information? Well, I'm projecting that that's what he's asking because, uh, there isn't a mistrial. The trial's still going on, but we were talking about this information and maybe Larry, you could clarify your question. Um, while we're waiting for him to perhaps do that, I just want to remind our uh, viewers once again of the opportunity to go to DAP Health's Raw Talk, Boundaries and Bliss, How to Safely Navigate Online Hookups. That's Thursday, February 22nd from 7 to 9 p.m. And uh, that's at the 111 Bar in Cathedral City. And uh, special guest is Commander Rick Sanchez from the Keith cathedral city police department and brody Kamen, who i believe is a uh, an adult content creator uh will also uh, be there for that um and i shared with you off off the air raymond but i want to share it with my viewers that it might have tuned in uh, i'm going to stop with the nightly broadcast for now I'm going to do broadcasts when I have appropriate guests, and I'm going to be spending a lot of my time and energy into finding uh, the guests who are on the front lines of fighting to save democracy, because it's more important than ever before. So um, Larry says, right, after the trial, can they use this information for mistrial? So uh, my understanding, Larry, is that a mistrial happens during an actual trial and that a mistrial is not something that is declared after the trial. Um, so I think that if this particular information that Raymond and I have been discussing is going to impact the legal proceedings, it would be the current legal proceedings. Uh, that is my... You're probably right. Uh, that's if my informed... understand the question correctly. It's right. also not clear to what he's referring to, this information. I believe he's referring to the the email, the email and the leaked information. Okay. I think that we're... we're well, pretty, that's true, and I, I think you probably are right that it would be addressed in the current upcoming trial. Okay, Raymond. Well, uh, I appreciate your personal involvement and your advocacy for the victims, and now the fact that you're a potential witness might... Uh, inhibit your first person experience, but when you feel like there's an appropriate 
development, um, please definitely, you know, come back. Be happy to. And if you hear of any Super Bowl parties, I mean, Taylor Swift parties. Taylor Swift parties. <laughs> I just want to share this story. So, you know, Raymond has the Game in of Palm Springs Facebook group. And I posted, uh, I posted a few days ago, actually more than a few, I said, does anyone know of any Taylor Swift parties uh, or uh, Super Bowl <laughs> parties? Um, which I meant as a total compliment to Taylor Swift. It's like, yeah, she's why I want to watch the Super Bowl, <laughs> other than the commercials, the halftime show, and the periodic bulge shots. But um, some people thought I was dissing Taylor Swift by that post, and I found myself having to say, this is not an anti-Taylor Swift post. But yeah, if you hear of any uh, Super Bowl parties or Taylor Swift parties, uh hit me up let me know will do because i think be, there's more than a few it would be yeah but i haven't been invited to them you see oh. I, I, at least i'm not begging for dates here i'm just <laughs> begging for a party invites uh so um raymond i appreciate you and all you do and and thank you and thank you for what you're doing my pleasure and everybody at home thank you for watching and if you donate ten dollars a month or more your name can appear in the closing credits like the superstars whose names you're about to see. In a safe place, I got room to breathe. Been a long chase, but at last I'm free. These open woods, I knew I could find peace here. Nothing like the city where I got tired of the running, the catching up. I got hungry for the stunning high mountain top.